today uh, we're going to talk about high ticket offer and we're also talking about mini webinar why 10 to 15 minutes webinars can make a big difference for you if you are a coach consultants or selling your info product online this is radio awesome fun inspiring no-nonsense tips to sell market and build a business with only a laptop enjoying life along the way Peter, Eric, and Maria share the lessons they learned while creating a successful online business, helping people all over the world. Now, enjoying the freedom lifestyle from a beach in Vietnam. Today, we I have uh, Joel Irway uh, with me. Uh, he's known for um, webinars. He's known for short webinars. He had built up uh, sold on webinars for over 100 million or his clients also and he have written a book about high ticket offer um, and um, he also yeah we have done a lot when it comes to this uh, place in digital marketing and today since uh, one of my one of the things that i love to speak about is high ticket offer and how to sell them and i also sell on webinar and we have a webinar guru with us today uh, we'll take we'll talk a little bit about high ticket offer webinars and maybe some new insights about how you can do a webinars for a um, for another audience that you already have. Uh, so thank you for, um, I know we are super busy, so thank you for doing this for, for my audience and for and doing this podcast and live show. Happy to be here, man. Thank you so much for, uh, for the invite. So uh, I'm excited. So, so can you start with telling a little bit of yourself, how did you come into this um, digital marketing world and uh, selling knowledge or yeah, and high ticket offer? Yeah, would love to. Back in 2000 and so, um, my background is actually in engineering. It's not in sales, not in marketing. Uh, I was born and bred as a um, as a technical little nerd. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I went to school for mechanical engineering and got my first job right out of college as a design uh, as a design engineer. Only lasted about six months. Absolutely hated it. You know, did not enjoy sitting behind a desk, did not enjoy drawing, you know, layouts on CAD. And uh, I knew just very quickly, this was not the path for me. And so as an engineer, uh, as a design firm, uh, we would get these sales representatives that would come in and give us these lunch and learn presentations to get us to design around their, around their stuff. And I remember like, four or five months in, I was looking for new gigs. Like, you know, I really got to find something that I enjoy doing. And I saw one of these rep firms were hiring. And so I applied, ended up getting the job, which was amazing. I had no background in sales, but that was my venture into the world of sales and kind of marketing, but it was brick and mortar, like face to face. We didn't do anything with technology, didn't do anything with email. And uh, that was just really my first experience into the world of like sales and marketing and entrepreneurship. Cause I was hundred percent commission only. So I ate what I killed. And that also gave me the introduction into sales presentations because and I had to go and deliver these sales presentations to all of my former colleagues. And uh, I started to get the hang of what worked, what didn't work, et cetera, et cetera. Fast forward five years, I got the bug. I got the itch to go out on my own. I ended up writing a book in the engineering test prep space, launched that, sold it for 10 bucks on Amazon as an Amazon Kindle book that still sells to this day. I make probably 30 bucks a month selling that thing. <laughs> but I quickly <laughs> realized that like, you know, I, I, initially I didn't know any better. Like I thought I'm going to make 
this is going to be my ticket to, you know, having consistent financial freedom, uh, selling a $10 book, right? <laughs> Never mind all the royalties I have to pay for Amazon plus advertising. You very quickly realize it's extremely difficult, if not impossible, to make money only selling a book. So I had to learn, like, okay, well, what else do I do? And that was kind of my first foray into high ticket offers. I ended up selling tutoring services and consulting for people who wanted to pass the engineering licensing exam. And that was a thousand dollar offer. And I was selling them like a lot easier than I had anticipated. And so I started to realize, oh, okay, like this is what cash flow looks like. <laughs> the importance of cash flow, like real cash flow. <laughs> and uh, and so that was a great kind of like introduction to higher ticket offers. So then I needed to learn marketing and I hired a digital marketing coach. This digital marketing coach introduced me to sales webinars. And very quickly, I understood what those were because I had already been doing them for five years. I just applied them to digital marketing and I ended up kind of specializing in webinars. I, I pivoted my own niche from working with engineers and selling courses and training and consulting to engineers to seeing a bigger opportunity in the world of marketing and helping other people with their webinars. The very first webinar that I helped somebody with they were running a weekly live webinar to sell a thousand dollar program in the Amazon BizOps space. They are basically breaking even every week and we were connected through a mutual coaching program. I took a look at his webinar. I revised it, like rewrote it. I ended up pitching it for him and we went from making one sale a week to the first time that I pitched it, we did 14 sales. And wow. so he went from making $1,000 a week and breaking even on ad spend to making $14,000 that very next week with me pitching it. And I'm like, okay, there's a bigger opportunity here. I enjoy this. And so that was my venture into kind of becoming a webinar specialist and a marketing specialist. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was a long journey, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Hmm. <clears throat> and one thing that uh, took my attention is, um, so we also five done webinars uh, yeah, for six years now. Before that, uh, I also helped uh, international speakers because we invite them to Norway and Sweden to do webinars. So I've also been in this webinar world for like 10, 15 years. And uh, one of the things that I am figure out like what works for us really well is like long webinar. But then you come up with this uh, thing like a 10 to 15 minutes webinar and target another audience. So can you tell me about how did you, how did you come to this idea? <laughs> Or how does this happen? All innovation comes from personal failure. Like that's kind of my entire my entire motto. And so uh, when you study as much marketing as I do, or you just have, honestly, it's just like longevity. I, I love this so much. And so many people quit for various reasons. I'm not throwing stones at them, but like when you just stick with something, you will find a path to whatever end goal you're trying to you're trying to accomplish. So 2015, 2016, you know, we were having a lot of success with webinars, we were getting lots of referral clients for building these webinars, but we also got a lot of unqualified leads. Uh, and what I say what I mean by that is, as you know, like, webinars are extremely effective when you get them to work. But they're also a lot of work to get. I mean, they're they're basically like I, I equate it's like building the Titanic. And if you don't have a validated offer, it can be extremely difficult. Like no amount of marketing is going to sell a bad offer. So in 2015, 2016, we were running our own 
long form webinar to attract clients into our agency. We had a, you know, a, an $8,000 coaching program that we would sell. And we also had a $25,000 done for you service that we were trying to sell. The webinar in which we were running, it was like we were the cobbler without any shoes. We would create amazingly successful webinars for our clients. And then we ran our webinar and it stunk. Like it was the worst converting webinar of like all of my clients. So I'll, the exact stats are like, I, they're burned into my brain because it was something that I worked so hard on for so long to try and fix this. Uh, we were paying, you know, with ad costs back in 2015, 2016, mind you, like, so this is, you know, quite a few years ago where ad costs weren't as expensive. We were paying, it ended up being about 400 or $400 just to acquire an application. So like you're running ads to generate a lead for somebody to watch your webinar. Then they watch the webinar and at the end, you ask them to apply. And it was costing us about $450 just to get an application. Now we were still profitable after it was all said and done. So, I mean, it's not like we were losing money, but it wasn't scalable. I mean, like those just, those metrics just don't work to drive, to drive high volume. And I, and I was beating my head over the wall, like against the wall. I'm like, what am I doing wrong with this thing? And, uh, you know, I really wanted to figure out how to get consistent clients through paid traffic with our webinar because I got lots of referrals and, you know, but that wasn't, I didn't want to rely on that. That's why most people go into paid advertising, right? So I remember I was laying in bed. It was 11 o'clock at night. It was 2016, like probably somewhere around November. It was December, actually, 2016. Our son was born, my first child, and he was three months old. And I was struggling to get consistent clients. And so it's like, you know, in marketing, they tell you like, you have to, you have to find a bleeding neck problem. You have to really speak to the pain that keeps your, what is the pain that is keeping your clients lying awake in bed at night? right? Like that's what you have to sell towards. This was exactly what was happening to me. I was literally lying awake in bed, staring at the ceiling fan 11 o'clock at night. And I picked up a book by Bob Bly. That book was how to create an irresistible offer. And Bob's an extremely brilliant copywriter, very brilliant marketer. And uh, he had this chart on like the second or third page of the book. And I almost glossed over it because Bob speaks at like a grade 12 and I need to comprehend it like a grade one. <laughs> like I'm, I'm a slow reader. I'm a slow learner. And thankfully I like reread this chart because I almost skipped over it because of just the language and the terminology. And this is the chart that changed the game for me because it just made so much sense. Essentially what he was saying was uh, he was, he was equating cost of acquisition and relating it to the type of copy that was being published or being promoted. So for instance, if you published a piece of copy or a piece of content to your audience, and it was primarily offer driven, meaning like most of the content is talking about a result that you wanna give your client or a promise you wanna give your client or customer, your cost per acquisition is going to be the lowest, right? It's kind of like direct marketing principles 101, make the dang offer, right? If you start publishing content that is more educational or brand driven, and less offer focused or your call to action or your offer is buried kind of like deeper down in the content, well, your cost per acquisition is going to be more expensive because, you know, it's just more educational driven. Like there's just, a, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just saying, okay, like this is what you can expect because there's a time and place for all types of content. But that chart, which was ex is that essentially saying like, if you just make offers, 
versus if you only publish educational content, the difference in the, the ROI gap is about eightfold, meaning like it's going to cost you eight times more to acquire a client if you're only publishing educational content. So I, st I looked at that and I'm like, oh my goodness, like somebody, like I'm a numbers guy, right? I'm an engineer. I needed to see numbers to kind of equate what I was doing. And as I start running, as I was running my webinar, I saw clear as day what the issue was. My messaging, my angle, and my targeting was trying to educate people on why webinars were so important. Like I'm sure you you published the exact you know, similar content, like why webinars are so great. I was trying to go after a more unaware market, somebody who wasn't yet ready to make a decision, which when you get that right, when you get that messaging right, can be an extremely like it can be a well-oiled machine that does wonders for your brand. But I was trying to sell, like my offer was really geared towards people who were ready to move now. Like they already knew about webinar software, like they tried and failed. They have probably written webinars in the past. Like that was my ideal client. But yet I was trying to like go way too far away from the conversion hole, like speak to people who are way too far away from making a decision right now. That was what my webinar was geared towards. And the telltale sign of your message to market mismatch is a high customer acquisition cost. Meaning if it's costing me $400 per $450 just to acquire an application, then I know I'm not speaking to people who are ready to make a decision now. I'm like, holy, holy cow. Like the light bulb moment went off. I shut the book immediately and I said, it, it, it all makes sense. I ran downstairs. I fired up my laptop. I made a direct offer promise to my audience. And the very next day I had two $25,000 clients. And that was the genesis of everything that we're kind of talking about right here of like promise focused offers, uh, how to, how to make those offers, how to scale those, those types of messages. And that's where mini webinars kind of came in. It, it started with understanding that everybody has a market segment that is ready to buy right now because the most common mistake that i see almost all offer owners almost all experts make is they try and and they try and speak to people who are too far away from making a decision right now because we think that's a larger segment of our market and we really want to go after them and you know what i discovered from this whole this whole experiment this whole process that we've now doing since 2016 so 6 years now is it's so much faster to get cash flow coming in the door if you haven't validated your offer or if you just need quick wins you have a segment of about 10% of your market who's ready to buy right now if you just make them a compelling enough offer and give them a reason to buy so to summarize everything i just learned i talked about right there the big sequence there is you know, do less marketing and make more offers, right? And that's kind of like, you know, we, we follow a whole trajectory of like, this is kind of like phase one with anyone who's just needs to get launched. We still do webinars, we still do long form webinars, but it's like our webinar model starts with a mini webinar first, a short 10 minute presentation that speaks to that top 10% of the market. Let's make some sales, let's validate our offer, let's, you know, validate our positioning, then expand into a longer form webinar that speaks to a more broad audience, educates them, and then converts them. And so I don't know if that was a little overly complicated because I talk about this stuff all the time and sometimes I can I can sound mumbo jumbo, but did that make sense? 
that makes sense and i get so many questions uh, one of the first one is uh so typical to all this i have i had um i can take an example because i was talking with a client uh, right before or uh, um, some hours before we have this um session now and um he said to me something like that yeah um so when should i start to talk about uh, that i'm going to sell a course on the webinar should I do that in the ad or when should I do it or well, how early can I do it because uh, uh, and because I'm afraid that uh, uh, that I spam too much and I also had this question because it's relevant for what they're saying it's like oh I don't want to send, send all these emails to my list and I don't want to be like someone just pushing sales and, and so so my audience will be like a little bit wired about it and I, I totally agree with you but they think like I want to deliver all this content. I know you're saying that you should not deliver content. You should just deliver offers. Can you, can you, can you give some advice for them? We're thinking like, I don't want to just give offer. I want to create content and give my audience content. Yeah. So when I say, so a couple things we have to, like, I, this is a business model approach. Like, so understanding that, like, you know, there's a time and place for everything. And so if a client or somebody isn't really make, if they're struggling to make consistent revenue, they need to make offers, period. And sometimes that's a big switch that people need to, that need, need to overcome because as experts, you and I, Peter, we love to teach. I love to teach. I love to hop on these podcasts and these, you know, these live streams and just give content, you know, Assuming that, you know, I have enough revenue coming in to pay the bills where I can do that. Like there's like basically two stages that I talk about. There's offer validation stage where you need to get money coming in the door, keep the lights on and, and start to fund the venture. And then there's the brand awareness stage where you do more marketing, more content, more education. And so that's why we break it up into two different marketing sequences, two different offer models. Uh, and, you know, in the first phase where we're doing offer validation and just getting consistent clients coming in the door. That's what I'm going to use these 10 minute, you know, short video, you know, offer presentations, mini webinars, however we want to co coin them. And then when we have that, we have cash flow coming in the door, we can fund the rest of our business. I take that cash flow and I reinvest that into larger marketing projects or agencies or other people to help me grow my brand awareness. I equate it to, to what Tesla did. This is exactly how Tesla launched their product line. They didn't start by launching the lowest, most of the lowest price, most affordable mass market electric vehicle. The very first product that they launched was the Roadster, which sold to a very exclusive premium audience uh, selling for over $100,000 in uh, as a price tag. And Elon talks about this. So he published this on his blog. Like, so I'm not really, I'm not making this stuff up. He said, this was our plan. First, sell the premium product, then reinvest those profits into the next level down, then reinvest those profits into the next level down and ultimately get to the mass market vehicle and, and scale. And that's how I think about, you know, the education business, the education industry, um, or, you know, that's how I think about business. Just my primary audience are coaches and course creators. Right. And so that's how I think about it. Like I got to get cash flow coming in the door first. So I need to just make offers, get cash coming in the door because that market does exist. I need to make sure that my offer is validated, get that cash coming in the door. And then once I've got whatever that comfortable revenue number is for me, I reinvest into more scalable, scalable systems, more scalable mass market offers.
So um, there's no like right or wrong answer. I just equate it to how does your how do your finances? Do you have cash flow? Can you afford to put out uh, you know educational content? Um, it does work. There's a there's a a way to do that properly, but you know how's your runway? <laughs> so what you are saying, if someone are thinking like in one year time or in five years time, I want to make a 25k or 30k or 35k offer. So what you're saying, we should start with the 35k offer, and when that works, we can go down and and start that that direction instead. Is that to, in the way you are saying? I so conceptually, yes. You know, it's it's yeah. when you start talking about high ticket offers, there are different forms of high ticket offers. You know, there are high ticket front end offers, and then there are high ticket back end offers. And so, uh, but the bottom line is, yes, you do want to start with a high margin, high priced, highly valuable offer first. They're much easier to sell. It's less effort to sell those than it is to sell a lower price program or lower price product to the mass markets. Trust me on that. It is. And so absolutely start with higher, you know, more premium first and then work your way down the value ladder versus starting low and working your way up. That's a, it's in my experience, I know a lot of people who are successful doing the Ascension model, but um, it is far easier to go descension than it is to go Ascension. Hmm. Uh, so, um, so like when you have this uh, application funnel with a 15 minutes webinar, so how, how is the data or how many goes into this funnel? How many register to have a call and pay for it? And what is the sales percent? How, how does this work? I guess that is different, but do you have any numbers on it? Sure. I can give you the benchmarks. Absolutely. So what we look for is, um, you know, so the funnel looks like this, right? We have our ad, our top of funnel is, I mean, when I say ad, I mean, that's either paid traffic ad, or it can be an email, just some sort of promotional post. So you've got your, your promotion, right? Your ad, your message that is framed all around a promise, right? And that is, I call, I call those power offers, right? I go through an in-depth training on, on power offers. We call it the power offer workshop, right? Um, and so we have an in-depth training on power offer workshops. You go to powerofferworkshop.com. It's a $27 low price program to help people understand this concept, right? But the gist is make a promise to attract buyer qualified leads and people who are ready to buy now, okay? Because there's a difference between like, this is really, really critical. So I'm going to spend a minute explaining this, right? Framing of your prospect, framing of your lead is what will make or break this funnel, okay? So for people who are used to webinar funnels, what does a promotional post look like to get people to a webinar? Hey, I'm hosting a free training talking about five ways that you can lose 10 pounds in the next 10 days, right? Sign up for my free training. It's this date and time, et cetera, et cetera. That is what we call in the marketing world, a marketing qualified lead. Yes, they are interested in a topic. But they are not yet identifying themselves as somebody who's ready to buy right now. They want to consume more information. They want some educational content. And, you know, some people might be ready to buy. Some people won't. But that's a marketing qualified lead. They're not identifying themselves as someone who's ready to buy right now. There's no urgency for them. There's no intent. A sales qualified lead is somebody who has identified themselves as showing intent, showing some sort of urgency that I'm looking for a solution right now. So our message has to attract 
sales qualified leads. That is what makes this funnel different than a normal marketing funnel. So our power offer post has to attract sales qualified leads, meaning we have to be framed around a promise. And the way that I frame that is I just ask them a simple question. I will say, I will call up my avatar and I will say this framework, right? If I offered to give you some form of benefit without XYZ obstacles, would you take me up on that offer? Okay. That's the framework that we use for the actual promotional post, the ad, whatever it is to attract sales qualified leads. Perfect example. The first one that I ever launched went like this. I'm going to go off. It's going to go off of memory. So it might be a little, a little choppy, but just bear with me is attention coaches and course creators. If I offered to build you a high converting sales webinar in the next 24 hours, without you needing to worry about what to say or how to say it guaranteed to convert, would you take me up on that offer? That was the actual ad. Hmm. That type of person, so for comparison purposes, you know that I was paying $450 per application running a long form webinar, right? When I launched this, I dropped my application cost to 30 bucks, to 35, 30 to $35. So over a 90% cost reduction. And that second message of the power offer was attracting exactly who I wanted to serve, right? These people already knew about webinar software. They already tried to build a webinar in the past. Like they were already hyper-educated on webinars. I didn't need to educate them on why webinars were awesome. They already believed it. But the problem that they were running into were all the problems that I listed out in my ad. They didn't know what to say. There were a lot of work, et cetera, et cetera. So I just offered to remove all those obstacles for them, launched their webinar in 24 hours, and it, you know, it converted like gangbusters. Like that's the difference. Like sales qualified lead versus marketing qualified lead. Like I'm making them a promise. Like, do you want this? Yes or no. Does that make sense before I move forward, Peter? Like yeah, marketing yeah, qualified yeah. lead versus sales qualified lead? Cool. It's all about intent. Hmm. So with that under with that background kind of foundation set, we move forward and we have a very standard, like they click the ad, they go to a very simple landing page that the headline is the most important part. We just repeat the promise, right? Want a webinar built in 24 hours? Click here to learn more, like start your application. Like it's very, very simple. They opt in and then they go to a short 10 minute sales presentation, which is not really educational at all. And it's never framed to be educational. It's all about now, how are you gonna fulfill on that promise? And I call them mini webinars because they basically take all the core content of my webinar. I, I, I cut out all the fluff. I focus on just the need to know information and that's what I put inside this mini webinar. And so the promise is the what, you know, what are you going to do for me? That's the power offer. Your mini webinar is how are you going to fulfill on that promise? So in that mini webinar, all I'm doing is I'm going over my, I'm repeating the, my promise, going over how I plan to fulfill on them. What's my process look like? Why am I different? Why am I unique? And then I, and then I close it up with another, with repeating the exact same offer. So it's a very scripted, like, hyper condensed sales video that explains that process. And then right below that, I have an application and they book a call and that's it. I mean, it's, it's very simple and, and, you know, a lot of marketers will try and slice and dice it and overcomplicate it, but in its core form, like we want to keep it simple. We want to be lightweight because the number one thing that I want to figure out early on, if I need cash flow, is with a brand new offer is do people want to buy my, like, 
is this offer compelling or not? And if it's not, you know, I have, and I now have a lightweight system that I can modify without having to build a 90 minute long webinar. Now, if it is validated and I am making sales, now I'm afforded the luxury of gathering all that market research, all that market intelligence from my application forms and from my sales calls. Like I know what the problems are. I can now take that, apply it to a longer form webinar and now start to scale it. And so um, in terms of benchmarks, that was your original question. Understanding the funnel flow goes like this. We shoot for a 20% opt-in rate from people who land on the landing page to opting in to watch the mini webinar. Uh, a 10% conversion rate from people who opt into filling out an application and booking a call. And usually about a 20% conversion rate of people who, you know, schedule a call and close into a sale. So um, our ROI benchmark at the bare minimum we are looking for is 4X return on ad spend. And that might sound high to some people, depending on your market. If you're in a market that is much newer to digital marketing, your ROIs can be much, much higher than that. But if we're not at 4X return on ad spend, then our promise isn't good enough. Our offer isn't good enough. And so we revise that offer until, you know, we're hitting those, hitting those benchmarks. Hmm. Cool. And, um, <clears throat> and I also know that we talked about, uh, uh, you use, um, longer, longer webinar to scale and you use like, so, so in your business, what, what percentage is coming from the, from this funnel and what is coming from, um, a more like long webinar funnel like how how is the data on that yeah so we run both of them so we have our own mini webinar funnel and if you guys want to go check it out it's at the webinar the webinar agency.com our homepage is our mini webinar like it's just a very simple mini webinar system um and so that's what drives all of our agency leads that's our top tier service right um we also have our more mass market um webinar which is for teaching people high ticket courses, you know, how to, how to launch a course the right way. We teach them this entire business model. We call it the Tesla method and we show them how to, you know, course creators, how to launch a profitable course business because most course creators try with the Ascension model. And we explain in the webinar why that's bad and why we need to go descension first, et cetera, et cetera. And so, um, right now, a hundred percent of our, of our marketing efforts are going to, the top of funnel, which is our long form webinar. And what we do in our sequence is after they go through the, you know, our, our standard webinar sequence, you know, assuming that they don't buy, we then move them into the mini webinar sequence. We start promote, like, you know, we, we bolt that on, like they work hand in hand. And so it works extremely well. Um, and I will say like, it depends on what your goals are. Some people, because a mini webinar funnel, is a call funnel. It's an application funnel. So like you have to do sales calls. Some people don't want to do that long-term. I don't want to do that long-term. I do have one sales, you know, one advisor, one sales rep, but that's not my, that's not the business that I want to build. I don't want to build a massive sales team. Some course creators who, un, who learn this model, they're okay with building a sales team. Like once they understand like, oh, okay, this is what it's going to take for me to reach my goals, then I'm going to stick with this. Perfect example, one of my clients, Boyd Cluis, he came to me, he couldn't sell, he couldn't give away his IT, you know, information technology, cybersecurity program. He couldn't give it away for free. Nobody wanted it. When I showed him how to flip the model on its head, create a sales qualified message, 
use Power Offers mini webinars to a phone call. He took a $500 course that he couldn't sell. He couldn't give it away. Transformed that into a $15,000 program, coaching program. And he scaled that to $650,000 in January of this past year. So two months ago off of $35,000 in ad spend. And so once he started seeing the success, he's like, okay, so I just need to hire salespeople. That's fine. Like he has that mentality, like his, that management mentality, you know, I don't want to build a big team. I've got a lifestyle business. I love hanging out with my kids. I love spending time with my wife. I have a very strict four by four work week. I work four hours a day, four days a week. Fridays are always off. And you know, it affords you that luxury of kind of picking and choosing your, your route. And um, I have a lot of people that, that, that just scale the mini webinar funnel with the sales team. Other people want to go with automated sales after they've, you know, got profits coming in to reinvest. So hmm. um, yeah. yeah, does that make sense? <laughs> that makes sense. <clears throat> so uh, when it comes to longer webinar, because you're also doing that, uh, what have changed over the last two, three years there, or what is, is it the same or is it anything changing in the market there? You know, it's funny because you get a lot of people who continue to throw stones at webinars. Webinars don't work. Webinars don't work. And it's like, you know what? A webinar, there might be some nuances with webinars. Like for us, I don't use any scheduling software. So like I don't use a webinar platform, but I still do a standard webinar sales presentation, right? I just go opt in, watch the presentation. It's just a hosted video you know, and all the back end stuff is still, is still the same. Like I don't get hyper segmented with me personally. I have some clients that do, and they want that. That's totally fine. Um, but I don't get tripped up on all that stuff. You know, like it's, uh, I'm more direct. I want to keep things simple. Can I squeeze out a few extra conversions if I segmented probably, but they still work. And to be honest, like we, we ran a test over the past two years, Peter, and I shared this with, you know, um, with our mastermind that we're both a part of the past two years, I, uh, you know, so I published a book, high ticket courses, and I thought this was going to be my way to like really scale, really scale. I was doing a book funnel right now. The process of writing a book was long, arduous, took a lot longer than I thought, but I'm very proud of that book. It's, it was like professionally edited. Like we took our time. And so like, it's a great asset for, the brand and like i want to be careful and let people know like i don't throw stones at other at a lot of other marketing you know ventures because they all work in the right place right but find what works for you if what we're saying on our conversation here makes sense to you like that's totally fine if it doesn't you know, follow whatever path you want to follow like i don't want to throw stones at things because that's just not how i how i roll but a lot of people throw stones at mar at webinars and like I have data from the past two years we tried to go all in on low ticket like low ticket and then ascending them and it was painful it was so painful and our growth stalled over the past two years when because I shut down my webinar like I shut like that's the whole story here I shut down my webinar to focus on low ticket front-end acquisition and ascending them when my webinar was crushing it. Like it was doing a phenomenal job of educating my market, of creating brand awareness, of making sales and leading people into our agency. Like it was just, it was firing on all cylinders, but I got distracted. I said, you know what? I want to master 
all aspects of marketing. I really want to master low ticket front end acquisition. And I spent $250,000 investing and testing and it just, I couldn't get it to perform anywhere near the level of a well-crafted long form webinar and what that did for my marketplace. And so, um, you know, that's kind of what I see as the state of the industry. They still work very well. The people who want to throw stones at webinars are trying to sell you another marketing system. And in my opinion, they're short-sighted um, because what a webinar does is it provides content, it provides education, it provides value upfront, which is extremely beneficial for building goodwill and building a brand. It's generating a leads list for you. But I will say, you know, in my opinion, like you want to make sure you have cash flow coming in the door first. That's why you start high ticket before you scale to, you know, a productized version that you sell on a webinar. But I still love webinars, man. We are going, so we've shut all of our low ticket, you know, paid traffic down and we're ramping up our, we just, we turned our webinar back on and we're, and we're, we're ramping that up as we speak. And so they still work. We're still making sales. It's it like everything just clicked back. As soon as I started driving traffic to that again, lead flow to our agency went up. We started making core sales again. Like lots of people were very excited about the, about learning about this stuff. And so anyway, hmm. uh, webinars still freaking crush. They really do. Yeah, we, <laughs> we did our tests now because we have been, uh, uh just doing webinar with, um, uh, booking a call and having a high ticket offer. So we, we want to test and we are teaching how to sell on webinars. So we want to see like, is I think it's two and a half years since we did it. So we, so, um, we did, a webinar with selling a product for how much is it? 2,500 US dollars or 2000 euro. Um, and we, we just did it to, yeah, uh, our list. So we had done two, three webinars now, but we are sold to 10% of the participant, uh, our product for yeah, 2,500 yeah. US dollar. And many also thinking like you can't sell that directly on a webinar, but you can do that and can do good with it. So it's, yeah. for us, it's more like a showcase to see what is possible for everyone say like, you can't sell high and expensive things directly on webinars either. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, so we sell our, we sell our $2,000 flagship program directly from that webinar, you know, and, um, that's with cold traffic. So it's totally possible, you know, uh, I mean, you know, however many, if you want to, if people want to throw stones, I'll show you the data. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Yeah. So, so the last question I have for you, is there anything that, um, you want to, so listeners to this is coaches and consultants in, um, in Europe. Um, and, um, and of course, many of them are not fan of marketing and sales. Um, they want to just deliver content and uh, hopefully they can, or in their world, they just want someone else to doing it. But is there any advice or something that you want to say appeal in the end of this that you want to give to them or something you wish I should ask you? I would say this, uh, I'm an expert at heart, right? I'm a marketer, like primarily I'm an expert secondarily, I'm a marketer. And I think that's how a lot of people probably associate themselves. Like I, I'm only a marketer because I had to learn it so I could keep the business afloat, right? You know, as experts and as educators, like we really want to help people, but we also have to understand like the business model. Like how, do, like I can't teach people for free. It's just, you know, I got to pay bills for my, for my family, just like everybody else does. And so 
the way that I approach it is from a cash flow perspective. Uh, if I understand that I can create revenue and cash flow by making offers, what's the fastest path? What, what's what's the simplest path to do that? And if that then affords me the ability to then create longer form webinars that gives more content, gives more education, I'm going to take that path, right? Or if that gives me the ability now to spend more time doing podcast guest appearances or hosting my own podcast where I can continue to teach or serve my existing customers and give them new fresh content, like I have to figure that out. I have to keep the lights on so I can, so I can afford to do what I love, which is, which is teach my audience. So I want anyone who's kind of like, if they're in that boat of, oh, you know, I really just want to teach, like, I, I really want to challenge your thinking and, and, and hopefully you understand that the business model has to support that end goal of what you're trying to do. And it doesn't have to be slimy. It doesn't have to be sleazy, but the fastest way to keep the lights on, the best way to keep the lights on that I found is figuring out how to make the dang offer, right? MTDO, make the dang offer. And, um, Hopefully this was this was helpful. Hopefully it gave you it gave people some new perspectives on how to look at this. But um, there we go. <clears throat> I'm super inspired. I love what you're talking about. So uh, so thank you for doing this. The last I you said it already, but the last thing is like how, how can the, how can people contact you? Where is the easiest way to reach you? Yeah. So there's a couple ways that they can reach me. Uh, we as I said before, we do publish a book. This is where I promote it. Is on podcasts and stuff. Um, you can go to book highticketcourses.com. Uh, it is an ebook. This is a physical copy. We don't ship these out just because we haven't figured out the fulfillment system yet. Um, actually, if you want to go to Amazon, if you want, if you want the hard copy, you can go to Amazon and uh, we do have a fulfillment system that way. So search for high ticket courses on Amazon and you can get a, a physical copy or go to book.highticketcourses.com. And if you want to go to my hub, where all my content lies, uh, joelerway.com or check out our own mini webinar at thewebinaragency.com. So lots of places you can go check out, um, but had fun. Cool. Thank you so much for doing this and, um, and um, hope you uh, hope we can meet in the future one day. We are just for sure. never met, sure. but we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. All right. Thank you.